When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, afternoon and evening, everyone. Welcome to the 26th episode of the FPL Wire powered by DreamSet Go. We are recording ahead of game week 28. I'm your host, Zofa, and I'm joined today, as usual, by Big Man Bucker. How's it going, bro? Yeah, thanks for having me, Zof. Um, I, as a cane non-owner, the game week was, uh, was, was a bit of a write-off for me until last night when um, Rudiger got benched and me and Late Riser were the beneficiaries of, of that. As a Quebec uh, owner who had Quebec first in line to come on and he didn't play because he was injured and Shaw jumping in with a 14-pointer, third from my bench, it just felt absolutely surreal yeah, but uh, I, I guess that's i guess that's um that's part of the game this is the first time i've enjoyed this kind of luck this season so i welcome it with both hands yeah it would have been catastrophic otherwise right without kane Pardon yeah me? i mean i i held on to bruno but i had just the 36 points and it was it was um it was horrible watching that game. I mean, Kane scoring a screamer and then getting, you know, he was involved in everything. So I was considering bringing him in for a hit and um, and you stopped me from doing it. So, I mean, um, you're, you're lucky I got, I got a Shaw 14-pointer <laughs> or else I, I would have been blaming you. Yeah, uh, yeah these, to, you these, these decisions can often come down to a whisker of luck or like what, you know? It's going to be so Yeah, I, 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 had, I was actually, I was, I was... I was uh, very close to bringing Balen uh, Kane in for a hit, but then I was unsure on my uh, chip strategy, which is why I decided to hold on to a transfer. I thought it was better um, saving the transfer. Uh, but overall, I'm on 50 points with the auto sub coming in. So Brilliant. fingers crossed for more points from City uh, that tomorrow. That was Zofar playing some fucking awesome mind games with Not trial games. What do you mean? I, and I fell yeah. right into the trap. I mean, I don't know. I... I don't want to talk about it. anyways. Anyways, all is well that ends yep. well, so let's move on. As long as it ends positively. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. What about you, LR? How was your game week? I had a good week. Uh, I mean, uh, it was pretty much average until yesterday night where your boy Rudiker decided to not show up. Thank you, Tukil. I'm actually beginning questions. to become a big fan of your manager oh. and I was really happy that he decided to give big boy Rudy a rest which is why Luke Shaw first sub. So happy to finally get Shaw points because I've been talking about him for a long, long time. It would have been so bloody irritating if I managed to not get his halls. I was happy uh, with that. Uh, I had Kane as well, so I was happy about that. And uh, Sterling captain, but uh, 
sort of stalemate because uh, Gundogan hasn't done much yet. But I'm not feeling confident ahead of Southampton. Just hoping he starts. That's all. Yep, I think it's been that sort of week. I think everyone's been around the 50 average. Nobody has really done spectacularly well. Shout out to Tom who got 32 points on his bench boost this week. He had the likes of Dawson, Lingard, Ariola. I think somebody else. Also, also the, the, I, I absolutely am happiest about that Dawson pick because he, when he came on the pod, when he came on the channel, he mentioned how he would use Dawson in this particular game because he doesn't rate Leeds set piece defensive ability. Dawson could have had two yesterday. He was, he yeah. was that good in the absolutely. And we talk about luck versus skill, right? Just show there is definitely a skill element to the game which cannot be discounted. The luck element came into, I mean, uh, there was some very heavy points dodging happening. Uh, Bamford and Rafinha. I mean, I feel bad for Rafinha, man. The guy is such a <laughs> sensational player and he created so much. He did so much. Uh, but Bamford, I think, spawned two clear-cut chances. He's looking a little tired right now. What do you think? I think it's probably a little bit of regression also, right, with Bamford. He was possibly performing above what we expect. I think it's now maybe a little bit reversion to the mean, but I don't think he'll be as bad as he was yesterday, especially that one shot which Rafinha squared on from the centre, like towards the diagonal. It was. I thought it was harder to miss than it was to score. Yeah, all right. Just, just before we move on, you know, talk about uh, your team's performance. I thought they were really good. I was uh, really, really excited looking at Kai Havertz's... Uh, Position and the way he played the game, I thought he was man of the match yesterday. What, what I, I mean, you know, Lampard mentioned he's quite a unique player. Tuchel mentioned he's quite a unique player. What I like is that he's he's tall. He can hold up the ball. He's comfortable holding up the ball inside the box and passing it around. And his pace is deceptive. He's deceptively quick. I think uh, he looks like the pick to me right now. What do you reckon, sir? I think he's definitely been playing in his right position. After a lot, I think probably since he's joined Chelsea, this is the best position. We've played him and it shows a little bit out of his depth, Lampard, like, you know, how he wasn't using him in the right position. Lamps played him in a central midfield role, doing a lot more defensive work. But Havertz needs to be up there. He needs to be having those penalty box touches. And I'm convinced that going forward, probably our first choice front three should be Timo, Havertz and Mount. I agree. I agree. I think it's a good mix, that three. And I think Hudson Odai should be playing on that wing back side because he's also, he brings to that team something with nobody else uh, brings. Similar to what, uh, you know, Sterling or Sané brought when City broke all those records in terms of having a quick dribbler. It's a good addition to have in that uh, skill set for the team. I think it, it, I think uh, Tuchel's really impressed me in his uh, start and uh, I think Chelsea's going to be a good team to reckon with next season. Yeah. It's slightly more on Bamford and Rafinha while you guys were talking about it. So, over the past four games, uh, Rafinha squared five big chances for his teammates and he hasn't recorded a single big assist. So, I mean, single assist in, in, in five games. Between the two of them, Bamford and Rafinha, they've had nine big chance involvements and just two attacking returns uh, over the past four games. So, it's just, it's not that Leeds have been playing poorly or something. It's just that, you know, things aren't exactly falling their way. So, so owners have just been unlucky. Yeah, West, yeah, let's talk about that game once we get to the game week review. Now, let's right. move on with the sure. rest part, rest of it. Right, first up, a quick word about our sponsors. Dreamset Go is a global portal for fans to gain access to sporting events around the world. Accommodation, flight tickets, hospitality, stadium visits, everything can be tailored exactly to your requirements. They also do celebrity experiences, which include masterclasses with your favorite sports celebrity or something as simple as birthday shoutouts. You can find links to the products in the description below. 
The FPL Wire is a part of the Fantasy Scout Network and all stats used in this podcast are taken from the FFS members area. Please sign up if you haven't already. Also, if you guys don't already know, we've created an FPL Wire League where the manager of the week gets a shout out from a lot of sports celebrities. Uh, We still have to do the admin and the housekeeping for the winner in the last game week. Uh, We'll shortly announce that on Twitter, so watch out for that announcement. Uh, To join our league, the league code is DOC0YG. You can see that on the screen as well. And talking about the next game week, we have a video shout out to be one from the Indian women's football team and star athlete Dalima Chibber. Make sure you're locked in, playing well, because you want to win this shout out. Also taking you guys through the agenda for the pod, we start as usual with Bucker's stats. After that, we're doing a slight Game Week 27 review. Just look at the games uh, that went by and some talking points. We're going to be talking about the Salah conundrum. A lot of conversation on Twitter and everywhere about... He's lost around 250k owners as well this Game Week. Uh, whether it's worth holding on to Salah, is he too expensive? Uh, we're going to be talking about Liverpool, Arsenal and Spurs in detail. After that, we have the captaincy and fixtures for Game Week 28 and the Q&A. Bakar, the floor is yours. Thanks. Um, so I addressed the two of the most popularly asked uh, dilemmas in FPL this week. Firstly, I uh, talk about Son, Bain, and Kane. Uh, Bale and Kane in the three matches they've played together. Um, I run a comparison between them. So for minutes per chances created, Son is 27, Bale is 42, Kane is 43, which shows that Son is creating uh, chances at a far you know, greater frequency than um, Bale and Kane. Uh, minutes per big chance created is very similar. Trend is being followed here. Son is 45 minutes um, per big chance created. Bale is 208. Kane is 130. Uh, for minutes per short inside the box. Now, this is where tables turn. And, and Son is on 90, while Bale and Kane are enjoying um, a far better frequency for shots inside the box. Bale is averaging 42 minutes per short inside the box, while Kane is averaging... 37 for sh- minutes per shot inside the box. A similar trend is followed uh, in the minutes per big chance. Um, so on is 270 minutes per big chance. Uh, Bale is 69 minutes per big chance. And Kane is 65 minutes per big chance. Uh, when you compare their expected minutes per expected involvement, Son is 122, Bale is 90, and Kane is 72. Uh, now this tells me that uh, Son is taking a bit more of a creative role while Kane and, and Bale are carrying the majority of the goal threat. Now, this is something I've noticed very recently. Even when you watch the games, uh, the Spurs games um, of late, Son is kind of providing the width while Kane, while uh, Bale is making the runs inside and, and trying to get inside the box to uh, support Kane. And so it's very evident that Son is not exactly taking up the goal-scoring positions he was early in the season. And that threat has now been carried by Bale and Kane. Um so during these three games where Son, Bale, and Kane have all started together, Son has recorded just the one big chance, while during the same period, Kane is top in the league for big chances, while Bale is top for shots inside the six-yard box, which just, you know, which just tells you the way Spurs are playing at the moment that Son isn't exactly playing the same role he was early in the season. What do you guys have to add on this? Zop? I think these are very persuasive stats. Like, really, really, it tells the story over here. So I think what we can see clearly now, Sun isn't shooting as much as he was earlier. He's gone more of the creator. And we've got more stats. You can see later on, Bale has had a lot more shots in the six-yard box than either of these guys, which shows the positions that he's getting into now. You own Ken and Son. If you were given the chance to switch Son to Bale for free, would you do it? 
there, I have some reservations about Bale, right? Like, see, I'm still not, there is, I'm to a certain extent convinced about his form, but his fitness and minutes are still a little bit of a concern for me. So he started now the Palace game and the two double game week fixtures. And now we have a midweek game in the Europa League. Then we have Arsenal, then another midweek game. Then they have, an, I think, an, the game against Villa. And then Bale has two internationals also, qualifiers for Wales. And then when he comes back right after, I think they have Newcastle and then probably another Europa League tie. So there's a decent bit of fixture congestion. And I think at a certain point, his minutes are going to be managed. They might be managed in the Europa League, which is very possible. He could easily get away yeah. with playing Lucas and whatnot over there. Yeah, it's, they're playing Zagreb. So I don't think they need Bale specifically. I think he's like how uh, Mourinho uses Bale for the first 60 odd minutes uh, in the league. I think he's going to be using Bale as an impact sub. No, but that's my guess. I'm guessing he's going to do that. Bakar, what do you reckon? Yeah, when when you look at Mourinho and his uh, post-match comments, he he indicated that you know he he thinks that Bale is clearly uh, very important. He wants to keep him safe, uh, and he actually said that after every 55 to 60 minutes in every game, he actually has an eye contact with them where they you know uh, kind of um, where they kind of decide where. Uh, the level of the fatigue that he's going through and if he's you know tired then he probably uh, wants to sub him off early which tells me that bale i think is likely to keep on starting most games but he he's he's going to be prone to early subs mm. Makes so sense. who would you pick bakar if you were uh, given a chance between bale and son today i i still think son for just for the fact that he's he's more nailed for 90 minutes even though i i do think that bale is is a legit option now and I do think he's going to play most of the games. I don't think he's going to miss the Arsenal game because uh, that is far too important a game for, for Bale to miss out, particularly in this form. I, I don't think he's going to miss that game. Agree. Yeah. Also, one thing, I mean, just what uh, Son's been on a dry spell goal-scoring-wise. There's not he's, he's scored one goal in the last 10 league games. I think that's quite a telling stat. And more than anything else, there is a little bit of tiredness that you can visibly see when it comes to watching Son play the game. You know, Kane's had his little injury slash break and Bale's just played three games at the moment. So, they both do look considerably a lot more fresher compared to uh, uh, Son. But one one thing that was in my head a little bit overplayed, I thought, is the width and Son playing too wide. I don't think he's playing too wide because the width is actually getting offered by Regolion. You know, he's offering a lot of width on Son's side. So, Son is uh, in around the edge of the box. He's not too wide at the moment. So, I, I wonder if this trend continues. Mm. I, I need to buy, I'm probably going to buy one of them this week. At the moment, I think I'm just looking at uh, going bail. But, uh, let's see. Let's see. I'm not mm. made up my mind. Speaking of so dry spells, no, we have to talk about first. Speaking of dry spells, we know who's not on a dry spell. Yeah, he showed up late for the pod as well. He's gone for a little coffee date and all of that. Of course. Um, okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> are, you, are you friends with uh, Zaka? Bakar? Sorry? Are you friends with Granit Zaka? Um, let's not get to that. And, I mean, um, he assisted this week. I know, I know what you're, what you're iterating, but I, I really don't want to discuss this right now. Moving on. Bakar, just so you know, you're... you're uh, not the only one getting help. Uh, I was having a chat with Zoff as well, and his grandparents are down as well. 
and uh, he's also been uh, i mean zoff was telling me the first question as soon as he picked them up from the airport was beta time to get married come on now let's find you a girl and all that so you're not alone in this bakra i just wanted to tell you that i need your support thanks yeah. thanks for the support i mean we conveniently you know tend to forget that uh zoff is is probably almost twice my age and uh, i'm just a kid when it comes to you know dating long so zoff uh, i mean we below the belt huh we <laughs> tend to conveniently forget that he's he's also single so while um, while we think that we are using this as as a matrimonial platform for myself uh, i mean let's just uh, uh, um, you know offer the same to mm. zoff yeah very persuasive argument <laughs> Sounds like Kill Bill Volume One: Return of the Bucker. All right, I, I completely forgot what we we're talking about when it comes to FPL. Also, where were we at? Bale, Son, Zoff. If you had to pick one today, who do you pick? Mm, probably Sunster. Probably yeah. Sunster. All right, cool. Next stat, Bucker. Okay, so the second stat I have is regarding Mo Salah. Uh, so a lot of managers are contemplating whether to keep or Salah, uh, keep or sell Salah this week. um so the stat i have is that while liverpool are in the bottom 5 teams for xg non penalty over the last 6 home matches which is which explains why they have you know a dis- dismal whole record they're second for xg non penalty over the last 6 away matches recording the highest amount of big chances away from home during this period and that's like uh, out of the entire league This coupled with the fact that Wolves are top for more shots inside the box and big chances conceded over the past four matches, is probably enough of a reason for me to still keep faith with Salah. Now, this might be stupid on my part, but I I still sort of think that Liverpool at this point in time are better off playing away from home rather than at home, which is why I'm willing to give Salah another opportunity. Um, this might be stupid of me, but but. I I just think this is enough of a reason for me to hold hold on to him uh given how how Wolves are playing given the fact that I feel that Liverpool are more comfortable playing away from home. Are we addressing this right now Zoff? Let's let's get into it I think. Yeah sure why not we can here. we can always discuss about it. So I wrote a big article on this for Scout in fact on Salah a lot of the stats but one thing I didn't notice was what you just pointed out now Bucker the home and away difference. Yeah. in terms of thing but on the eye test is i don't really think there's much to differentiate between the two what are what have the fixtures been like what are the games they've played home and what are the fixtures they've played away so the home fixtures have been relatively uh, easy i mean they've played uh, burnley brighton fulham everton city was the only tough one out of that so which he scored in which he which he yeah. scored no the, the yeah he got a penalty no, remember yeah, yeah he did he did yeah 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 the, the last four were city everton chelsea and fulham who are four informed defenses in my opinion at the moment no i, I quoted last six uh, last six home games the stats yeah. i quoted from the last six home games and before that was brighton actually so they, they're pretty i mean statistically Burnley, yeah statistically speaking pretty decent defenses at the yeah. moment i mean uh, away from home they they faced uh, sheffield leicester west ham spurs Southampton, Newcastle. So yeah, definitely more obliging defenses. If I'm trying to compare the two, I, I don't think it's a uh, stupid to hold Salah. It's never stupid to hold Salah. And uh, I'm somebody who's looking at the first opportunity to differentiate. But uh, it's it's the fixtures after that uh, you know are making me think that the time to sell Salah and probably uh, you know win and gain those points was I think three or four game weeks ago because the fixtures. now and after the international break we're looking at wolves right now after there's arsenal there's villa there's leeds there's newcastle 
so i mean people who are going without salah definitely going to want him back for that 31 around that 31 period where he has villa leads and newcastle back to back after that there's united and there's saints west brom and burnley so what i feel like is if you're selling salah at the moment he looks like a transfer back in in about 3 to 4 game weeks which is all right if you have the team that's in place if you've recently wildcarded that where all the other moving parts in your team are fine and you're afford to uh, you're affording afford it to these big hitters switches then it's fine outside of that and uh, i think the time to sell sala was has gone right pranil uh, while we're at this uh, you you just said that you you're looking um, to sell sala as a as a means of differentiating Do, don't you think that keeping sala is is more of a move to differentiate no, said, right now given the given the noise on twitter and you know uh, on scout and all these fancy football websites which are, everyone is looking to sell sala i think the place probably uh, to keep him if you're looking to differentiate I, that's what i said i, I said i'm the, i'm looking at the first opportunity to differentiate but i'm not feeling a sala sale at the moment especially i mean liverpool were shit uh, in that game against fulham they did not deserve anything let's face it they deserved to lose 2-0 or 3-0 the problem was more in defense but uh, i what i like is that there is an international break coming now And I feel like some of the guys is Henderson back from injury. I'm not Fabinho's... sure. I don't think so. I don't think he's back for another month or so. Yeah, I think that's that's a bit long term. I I just think that the fact that Jota is back, I think he has to play all four of them together now because the team was looking pretty shaky as well. I am inclined to give him some more time at the moment. I'm generally not patient with the likes of Salah, but position wise, he wasn't on the wing. in that game against fulham and fulham isn't an easy team at the moment it's one of the most informed teams in the league right now uh, so i'm i'm willing to give him a chance at the game yeah fulham are not playing like a team at the tail end of the table at all exactly exactly what i saw this week was different in terms of salah's position not as much his form not as much liverpool's form but i liked his position from an fpl perspective also agree right do you think there's a chance he might get dropped or something salah yeah i mean for whom Firmino, I think we just got a tweet now saying that Firmino is a bit of a doubt with an injury. So I don't yeah, think he's been the worst player necessarily in the team. I think it's been a collective underperformance. It's been Mane, by the way. Mane has been absolutely rubbish. I mean, we were talking about his position, and I want to mention that because it was an error from my end, where you know I was asking Bakar Mane is playing centrally, but he's not finishing anything at the moment. I mean, he's getting big chance after big chance, and. Something's wrong there. His his either he's too tired or his head is not in it. But something seems off there more with Mane than with Salah at the moment. Okay. Truth be told, I, I like the Wolves fixture this this week more than the Fulham fixture. Fulham were you know coming to this fixture one of the form defenses in the league. Now they have five clean sheets in the past seven games and their stats have really improved. So um, they're one of the most informed defenses right now. Yep. Wolves were unlucky though. Let's, I mean, I thought we were really uh, lucky. Moving on, um, I um, I would like to let you guys know that we recently starting uh, started a patron page at patron.com/slash/theffieldwire. We put a lot of time and effort into this, and we need your support to grow the channel and improve our product production value. It's the equivalent of buying each of us a beer a month. That's it. Um, at this point, I'd also like to give a shout out to two of our new uh, newest patrons. Uh, in the Jimmy Tire, we have Jonathan Hardiman and Will Al Khalil. So, thank you guys for the support. Thank you. All right, just doing a little bit of a game week review as well right now. Uh, going through the fixtures one by one. Uh, we'll talk about Arsenal later, so I'm going to skip them. Sheffield Southampton. Anything? I mean, Ings is injured, so that team is uh, 
they, they didn't show much in attack. Adams had a really nice goal. The defense looked relatively solid, but it's hard to gauge because it's Sheffield United. Let's not. I think there's not much to dedicate in this section. Let's talk about Villa. I'd, I'd, I'd like. Sure, I'd like on. to talk about uh, Nathan Teller, the 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 guy who who won the pen. He's he's young. He's. Uh, I, I was speaking to Lucy, and I, I was reading some of her comments, and and she thinks that you know he might get a regular run in the team because he's he's direct. It's worth noting that he's only four point three or four point four as a forward in FPL. So someone who's wild carding, he can you know prob- probably look at him as a bench forward for the rest of the season, uh, given the fact that. Um, Obafemi is injured as well, and and Ings is injured for a while. Uh, it looks like so. Uh, I think Tella is going to get a run in the team, and and he might be worth it. The Southampton's fixtures are actually pretty good in the next uh, four or five games. Yeah, Brighton, Burnley, West from Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and, and, and Hissi actually in his uh, post-match um, press conference also said that uh, you know Tella is someone he's already uh, he's always believed in, and he has the right attributes to. Uh, to play regularly, so he was very uh, complimentary of his performance. So that just makes me wonder whether you know there's a good chance that he might keep his spot. True, true. He looked like the cat's pajamas, I have to say. Right. Let's talk about Villa Wolves. All right. Let's talk about uh, Villa Wolves. I thought we were extremely, extremely jammy to uh, get that Emmy Martinez clean sheet. I mean, who's looking good amongst the Wolves defenders is size. Not size, Cody. Cody, Cody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Earlier, he was never inside the box. He was always. I think there was some crazy stat where he did not have a single shot for years for yeah. Wolves, and now he's he's looking like he's doing well in attack. And Wolves defenders are a good shout for thirty onwards, as we will talk about it later, where they have one of the yeah. strongest run-ins uh, there are amongst any other team. So, Wolves are showing something. I I like Neto. I like uh, Cody as picks for the run-in at the moment, and I thought you- Villa haven't looked convincing. Uh, did not deserve to keep that clean sheet. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Martinez's one save getting taken and people crying over two or three points. But let's face it, I'm, I, I, I mentioned it on Twitter this week as well. If I was wildcarding, I'd definitely go Mendy uh, over Emmy Martinez as keeper. And uh, seeing this week's games has strengthened that thought in my head. Mendy is far superior as a keeper compared to Martinez at the moment. Right. The only thing possibly with Mendy is he's not going to get those 10, 11 pointers, etc., which Martinez gets. That's possibly yeah. the only thing to detract from um, it. For me, though, Chelsea are looking very close to city levels of defensive performance at the moment, where they're not conceding any chances, any shots. So the, the chance of a clean sheet looks really, really high in every game, as much as it did for City in their good run at the moment. So I'd, I'd rather back the underlyings. And I, I'm not convinced in terms of how uh, Villa have been playing. I, th- I think they've been lucky. Well, more on Cody. In, in, uh, he was, uh, Nuno was asked this question uh, in particular, specifically after after the uh, Villa game. And he actually said that we're looking to find solutions uh, for Cody to score. He, he actually said that he's encouraging him to get in the penalty area box far more. So I think he he might have a few goals in him till the end of the season. Nice. And 4.8, so pretty cheap also. Yeah. And I think he's the only guy who actually plays regularly among the three centre-backs because the other three, they tend to get rotated, I think. Right. Brighton, Leicester. What do we say about Brighton? I think Leicester had pretty much, I think, two or three shots in the box. I'm just looking at the stats data. It's the usual thing. Brighton dominate the game, concede two chances, concede both goals from that. Great. Nothing to add here. Nothing to add. Standard. Right. West Brom, Newcastle, absolutely nothing to add. 
Only one thing, I think, I think uh, Dianya is a decent shout for a cheap forward for the run in because uh, he's getting a lot of big chances. He's not at all, uh, I don't know, I don't think he's steady in terms of how he's finishing them at the moment, but uh, he's getting a lot of big chances per game. So just wanted to add that. I think he's a good, if you're going five in midfield and two up front, I think Dianya is a good third forward to have. Mm. So next Liverpool Fulham. And we're gonna talk about Liverpool a little bit later. Let's have let's talk about Fulham. Very impressive. Back to front. Very very, very impressive. Lots of good picks in that team. That centre back duo is absolutely sensational. That keeper is really good. RLC, your boy, RLC has been playing really well as well in midfield. Reed has been looking good. They they look I will be very, very, very surprised if uh, they are relegated. And uh they look like a good team. Yeah. That's off. Well done, Scotty Parker. Anderson was somebody who really impressed me. His distribution yep. was so good. Absolutely. We were having that uh, conversation about him in the United chat. Like, such an under the radar CB. At the, not under the radar exactly, but he'd be a good signing for any top club at the moment. Yep. His is, distribution. Like is he on loan or is he? I think he's on loan. I think he's on. I think he's on loan from Leon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They'd be yeah. asked. So they bought him for thirty million and he failed at Leon. And uh, that's why he's subbed, uh, you know, loaned to Fulham. But uh, let's see what happens. I think they'll ask for 40, 50 million given his performances mm. for Fulham. Right. Let's talk about Fulham Man United. You guys must be like the cat who City got the United. cream. Sorry, sorry, City United. You guys must be like the cat who got the cream. I mean, uh, sorry, pardon me. I didn't hear you. Hmm? Never pardon. mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, United City, right? Uh, what, what, it's same old for Ole. I mean, he always tends to get the better of Pep. I think 10 out of the last 12 points, Ole has won against Pep. Pep, it shows in the press conferences also. You know, sometimes you think, oh, Pep is trolling, always bigging up United in his press conferences. But Ole has gotten the better of him more often than not. And uh, at any point in that game, uh, did not, I didn't feel confident while watching our performance that uh, we'd let this go. They didn't create much. One problem that I have with City at the moment is... Uh, and something that surprised me is I wasn't expecting uh, Pep to drop Bernardo Silva. And I think Bernardo and Mares and the relationship on the right-hand side has been so, so crucial and good for Man City in this run that I thought Pep maybe missed a trick. I would have potentially, I was talking about on Twitter, I would have potentially played De Bruyne as a false nine and let that continuity exist on the right-hand side where Bernardo and Mares have been doing so well together. Uh, De Bruyne, was, I thought he had an average to poor game in the first 70 minutes. He gave away the ball way too many times. He's looking a little off the pace in terms of the amount of times he's giving the ball away at the moment. I think that will only get better with rhythm at the moment. Luke Shaw, though. What a player. What a guy. What a season. Absolutely lovely. Anything to add, Bakar, sir? Oh, and I think we've covered pretty much everything. De Bruyne, even though that um, most of the TV experts and pundits are saying that he had a poor game on, on paper. When you look at his stats, uh, he has like eight chances created in that game and one big chance created. Um, so he was kind of unlucky not to get any FPL returns from the game. I, I don't think he's going to play the Southampton game personally. Now, if I was a De Bruyne owner, I would be probably uh, a bit nervous heading into that game. Somebody... Other than that, I, I don't have anything to add. Is I, I, I was just... Uh, the United's defense against the top six has actually just caught me by surprise. That's the only thing I'd like to say. Uh, six out of their 10 clean sheets have come uh, against the big six this season. So they've been very uh, unpredictable in terms of their clean sheets, which, which no, is kind of frustrating as, uh, as, as, a, as someone who uh, owns United defense. 
something that Zoff mentioned, I think uh, it's worth mentioning the presence of Dean Henderson as our keeper. I think it's yeah. that defense. Uh, there is some sort of confidence, and Zoff mentioned, you know, he has a little bit of personality about him as well. So maybe that makes our defense stronger than it looks. Mm. Somebody who had a very poor game, nobody has mentioned much about him, is Cancelo. He was yes. at fault for the second goal and not just that. The entire game, they were targeting his side very specifically. He was he gave away the ball a lot. I think probably his worst performance this season. I'd go as far as that. Yeah, with, I, with the I emergence of the... At, sorry, go on. Yeah. I was looking at the City fan forums and, and actually very few of them have uh, Cancelo and their... Uh, predicted lineups for Southampton. I don't they expect have him. starting, so who knows? I don't expect. If him I were, if, if if let me ask you guys this question: If you guys were on wildcard, would it be just Diaz, or would you add a second defender? I think with the emergence of the Chelsea defense, I would just go Diaz in defense at the moment. I think Diaz, and I'd probably sell Cancelo now for Alonso. Alonso could have hauled big time yesterday. I think the, the the Havertz shot, which went for an own goal, would have been Alonso assist. He was through one on one with the keeper. It could another day been like an eighteen pointer. Alonso. Chilwell though, I mean, he's knocking on the I mean, see, that's my point, right? Cancelo, I think, is now going forward going to have a similar amount of rotation threat as Alonso. You wouldn't go for the more nailed Aspie instead? Mm, not when you can probably get in Rudiger. I think you can probably double up on the Chelsea defence with yeah, Alonso. And Rudiger, Rudiger. Is a, Rudiger is a shoe in, in my opinion. Yeah, but I think just for the ceiling of it, I think Alonso is just so much more fun. And what I like is, right, after the international break, the fixtures are easy. You have your West Broms, your Crystal Palace and all this. And those are not very much Chilwell games. Those are Alonso games. Nice. Interesting that you so, mentioned. So, if, if picking a Chelsea defender, you'd, you'd go Alonso over Aspi right now? I'd probably go Rudiger still in terms of value, right? In, in terms of second in line. Second line, Alonso. All Interesting. Right. Interesting. Very, I mean, that is something I wouldn't expect from you, so I'd pay more closer attention exactly. to Alonso. I'm actually very surprised to hear that. Yeah. All right. Spurs, Palace, I think we're going to be talking about Spurs later in detail. Right. Chelsea, Everton, we already spoke about uh, Havertz. Chelsea, and Havertz is definitely someone that should be on everyone's radar going forward. Agreed. I mean, he's caught my attention big time. How much is he? 8.2? Even Mount for the value he's going to offer, I think uh, he's been looking like your best player for the best part of last month. Mason Mount as well. He's a good shout at that 6.5 million price tag now. So I think, I think so. His I think rest six, is out of the way. 6.8. He's probably a good option, but I don't see him as a very explosive option. You see him ticking along with a return or odd, but Havertz is the one who's capable of a brace because he's effectively playing as a striker. Nice. I, I was surprised to see Mount rotated. I mean, he's he's not going to play in the Champions League, so I was I was a bit surprised over there. Is he suspended in the Champions League? I think yes. so. Yeah, it's probably why, na? Bakari wants to get some rhythm in some of his players before a big Champions League game. So that's an interesting why. theory, probably. But yeah, but right. I guess what we have to realize, I guess, under Tuchel, literally nobody, even the goalkeeper, is nailed. Even Aspi hasn't missed a game yet, but he will eventually miss a game. So you have to be prepared for some element of rotation there. All right. Sure. And uh, let's talk about Everton. Uh, I think just wanted to mention that DCL's role has shifted quite considerably. Now they're playing two up top. They did that again versus Chelsea. And he's not looking at as good a pick as he was. In the yeah. I wouldn't sell him before the next game. I think he's got a good game in the coming game week against Burnley. Yeah, he has Burnley at home and then Palace at home in 30. Okay, so interesting, interesting couple of fixtures. But uh, it's not looking like that great a pick at the moment. Also, mm. I, I, worth mentioning that it looks... Uh, not likely at all at the moment. Maybe 10-20% chance that they have a double game week 
in uh, gimmick 28 we would have expected ben mentioned mm-hmm. that if it's not ben trellin on twitter mentioned that if it's not announced by wednesday then he doesn't expect an announcement for double gimmick 28 to happen so just wanted to add that right west ham leads massive point dodging by leads over here yeah massive points dodging by leads in the last 15 minutes so again leads leads we mentioned that on the pod I mean, last week as well leads are doing what they did last week as they have been doing for the last 3 4 weeks where they look good in spells they're literally playing decent football for 20 25 minutes yeah. of the game i thought west ham dominated and uh, controlled the game for the remaining period of the game i, I think uh, for those on wild card i think going for a cresswell for the run in is a really good underrated not underrated but just a good shout 10 assists 10 clean sheets is ridiculous Yeah, and, yeah. and and it's it's absolutely incredible that we we haven't really spoken about him at at length at, at any point, at any point. <laughs> in the season despite him you know being uh, topping the defender charts for the significant majority of the the season he, he just seems to do it consistently and and there's there's something different about this west ham side i mean uh, this is not the kind of game i i don't think they would have won this kind of game last season this this west ham defense has um some some kind of metal to it they're they're far better Uh, side this season because yeah, they so didn't play well. They didn't play well at all yesterday. Yeah. Who West Ham? Yep. I, yeah. I thought they were fine for sixty. I don't. Admit, I don't think they they really ground out the result. If even if you look at the terms of chances, right? I had a look at the XG after the game. Dawson yeah. count, it's about two point two. Dawson accounts for almost one for the no, two I, big chances he had, and Lingard the penalty pretty much accounts. For it. Antonio didn't have a single shot. Nothing. Nothing at all. Worth mentioning yeah. that he was actually quite wide. uh yesterday but what i'm talking about them rigging out the results for the game they didn't look like conceding except for the last 20 minutes i thought they were in control of the game right and 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 also like when you know we're going to be talking about motivation a lot and beach teams a lot in the last 10 odd game weeks west ham are right up there for motivation they've got a genuine genuine chance for a champions league place so and i i think they fancy themselves as well uh and they do have good fixtures for the run in so Two or three West Ham now thirty onwards seems like a good bet to me. Just worth pointing out that they're actually this this week, like like Zoff was saying, is uh, is a bit un, uh, inflated because uh, the two big big chances from Lingard is technically just the one penalty, uh, uh, but according to the actually it counts as two big chances because of the rebound. So I mean I, I don't think they offered much from open play as well, um, but they ground out the results. So full credit to them. Right. Something to think okay. about Antonio though going forward now game week twenty nine against Arsenal etc. It's a little bit worrying because like we were talking about his he's been topping the non penalty xg for him to not have a single shot is a bit alarming. He'd still be the the one West Ham attacker you'd you'd prefer, wouldn't you? I mean, would you pick someone like a Lingard over him? If, if it, it, it depends on what room you have in midfield and what you have up forward. Let's say if you have Kane, Watkins, and Bamford up top, you're not really going to try to shoehorn Antonio in there, right? Yeah, fair, yeah. fair enough. Also, also talking about no shots, uh, we completely missed that when we spoke about City United. Bruno Fernandes outside of the penalty, no shots in the last two games. Just something worth pointing out in terms of. And Simon, uh, who does the a pod as well, mentioned you know that people who do did sell Bruno, so show some courage in your convictions. And I'm on board with that thought because outside of that penalty, Bruno did nothing in that game. And outside of. Uh, uh, and he did nothing in the game against palace as well so i mean a lot of, i see a lot of people panicking oh let's get bruno back etc i mean you you 
played a strategy for a reason. He got a penalty. He got nothing else. See it out. See it out. Have some faith in your own thinking. Yeah, his stats still aren't that great. His stats still aren't that great. Over the past five, uh, five or six games, his, his numbers have actually dropped big time. Yeah. The only thing working for Bruno is ex-inevitability, as Jassy would say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's just inevitable. That's the main stat. Yeah. I love the comment he made also. So before this game, they interviewed him talking about his record in big games, right? And he's like, I scored against Spurs, but it's a penalty, so it doesn't count. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He said the score was uh, 6-0, not (laughs) (laughs) 6-1. He's got a little bit of an ego streak about him. And you love that. You love that as the FBL asset. You need that guy to have that swag, that pride, right? I love that. That's what Salah is all about, right? Exactly. Right. Anyway... Moving Speak, on. Uh, speaking of Salah, let's. Uh, there's a good segue into Salah's stats now. Let's talk about. This is pretty much, I think, the big topic this week. What do we do about one of the best FPL assets of the last three seasons? I, it, it I think we discussed weird. it. It feels weird to even be sitting here discussing this. Let's talk about selling Salah. <laughs> it's what everyone of, wants to hear. <laughs> or use of. We've been in this boat a lot of times in the previous season. Sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. Let's mention that. But, you know, for you to consider this, is it's a first. Which is why I just like, I was like, wow, Zoff is thinking about maybe selling Salah. I told I you this last him. week also, right? That if you have to sell yeah. someone for Sterling, you should sell Salah rather than Bruno. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. But that said, I thought in open play, Salah had more to offer. The, just the penalty that Bruno got. That's I mean, the I, Fulham game is a bit hard to judge just because of the other players they played around him, right? It was such a weekend okay. lineup. So, can't read too much into the Fulham game per se. But let's yeah. have a look at his numbers over here. Now, these are his stats for the last six matches. He is ranked, I think, around eighth for shots in the box. And I was having a look. When the first six matches of the season, he was averaging four shots in the box per match. Now, he is averaging close to what, less than two. The drop-off is right. I think, Bakar, you had mentioned something about his big chances, right? And I noticed this also. And he's still getting big chances. Exactly. That's that's what I was going to say. The, the short uh, volume has kind of dropped. but And this, uh, so have the penalty area touches. But the big chances are still there. So his expected data is decent. Hmm. You sell him for yeah. somebody who's beating him on expected data and has an extra game in 29. I think that's the move that people are looking at, though. You know, I mean, people are looking of selling Salah. I think they've got Son, Bale and Oba on the right. radar. At the moment. So and we'll talk about those numbers. Is... We'll talk about those numbers and in the next two sections. I've got them up here. Let's look at and, Salah's and while, while we're on the on the Salah topic, I, I know Azov will never speak about this himself, but Azov actually did a piece on a Fancy Football Scout uh, on whether or not to sell Salah, and he covered it in, in depth, and I, I thought he covered all um, angles to it. So anyone who's looking whether or not to sell um, or keep Salah should definitely go and, and give that a read. That's a fantastic, uh, fantastically written article by Azov. Thank you for I the plug. Thank you. So these are Salah's stats. Let's have a look now at Liverpool's attacking numbers also, right? I think this is also relevant. Now, Liverpool have scored only four goals in their last six matches. They've landed only... Now, in terms of shot volume, right? In terms of shots in the box, they're fifth, which is not bad. But what they're really falling short is in shots on target. Only 25 shots. And I think that's, that's where they're ranked eighth. So they're not getting the yeah. shots off. I think it's the, the shots which they are getting on target. They're not really beating the keeper either. So it really looks like a crisis of confidence, swag, whatever you call it. And as someone as a Chelsea fan, right? I experienced this under Mourinho the season after we won the title. When things go wrong, everything seems to go wrong. Everything Great. goes against you. 
I just wanted to at this point I think plug a friend AK's uh, little thread that he did on Liverpool as well and some interesting numbers that actually which are quite relevant that I want to read out and this is Liverpool attacks performance between game week 1 to 18 and game week 19 to 27 the shots in the box have gone down from 10 or to 9 or the big chances have gone down from 3 to 2.09 the shots on target have gone down from 5.76 to 4.27 the biggest difference is their goal conversion rate which has gone down from 14% to 6% that's less than half there's about a 60% difference there in the goal conversion rate so you were on point when you mentioned that's that the underlyings are not gone down that much it's the goal conversion rate so there's a little bit of a confidence issue or something of that sort happening there do you see them coming out of it though i do i trust the quality of the players i trust the manager i think he's a good manager i think the players are good i think uh, they'll come out of it and i think the fixtures will help them i quite yeah. like the fixtures that liverpool have after the uh, international break and i think they'll come out of it. i mean yeah i was going to come to that that the, the run from uh, game week 30 onwards is actually um it's very favorable i got um, that up here one second i'll just yeah. load that villa leeds newcastle southampton west brom it's, it's a great run One one thing though, Bakar, uh, as often we were having a chat about this, is the argument that people have for selling Salah at the moment. As you have somebody who is posting similar underlying numbers at six million, six point five million, whatever Jota's price is, and that's a factor to consider as well. Uh, you know, where you want a piece of the Liverpool attack. Yeah, Jota is not the same as Mo Salah, but their underlying numbers and his performance has been good. So that's one of the uh, things that people have in mind when they're selling a salah at the moment and i think so you can double up on liverpool if they hit form and then you can captain salah i, I no, just no. think that salah is a the more uh, dependable is, captaincy option than jota yeah fair enough the point is, is salah more dependent dependable captaincy app option than a kane at the moment or oba at the moment which people are looking at to captain you know pe- people are not <coughs> convinced about uh, captaining a liverpool attacker at the moment which is fair yeah we will come to that when when yeah. we discuss captaincy for the week mm. That, that I'm just having a look at the fixtures. I don't think the fixtures, for example, look at the home games, right? Are any more easier than what we already played? He's got Villa at home, Newcastle at home, Southampton at home, and Palace at home. These aren't necessarily like easier or harder than the games they've had against Burnley, Brighton, Fulham. I think they're easier. I think I think they're easier. I think these are much more obliging defenses uh, compared to what he's played of late. I think I think it will. I think the fixtures breach form, and I think Salah will come back. I saw this joke on Twitter that we captain Salah against Leeds in game week one, game week thirty-two. We might captain Bamford against Liverpool. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually worth discussing in the sense how open was Liverpool's defense, and uh, and MOTD and Shearer covered it really well. I thought the problem is that they are Klopp is persisting with a high line at the moment, and they're not. They're just not pressing up front. which is why it's so easy to ping balls behind their defense which is a new young defense at the moment so the defense is therefore the t- taking and as long as this form continues it's also worthwhile mentioning that you don't bench your defenders against liverpool until they find their form at the moment right because i think klopp has shown a little bit of adaptability and i posted this on twitter and i got not as much hate as i expected to be honest for it in the terms of that like you know he's not really adapted his tactics in terms of the high line Maybe like you know, with the personnel he has, maybe he needs to be a little bit more flexible in his approach, change the system, change the formation. But he's been quite rigid. Are any of us selling Salah? Not this week. Maybe in twenty nine. If Arsenal go out of the Europa League, I'm definitely getting Oba in for Salah in twenty nine. Bakar, I'm not selling this week. Yeah, I'm not selling either at the moment. 
all right because also i i, I think about i none of us have a wild card remaining getting him back selling him and then getting him back is eight points at the moment and i'm pretty sure i want him back in 32 so that's just something yeah. i'm keeping in mind right cool so let's have a look now at spurs first the attacking numbers now since this is for game week 26 and 27 so spurs are on top for xg non penalty and minutes per big chance over the last two matches Now the minutes per big chance is the stat I really want to pay more attention to because right the other numbers might be slightly distorted because of the double right certain teams had the double some didn't but they are and this is something we haven't seen from Spurs the few weeks prior to this so Bale has definitely had a transformational effect on that team in terms of the chances they create and like is that Spurs triple up in attack on the cards yeah I I, I don't see no reason not to do it uh, and. What you do is when one of these big hitters come back in form. Let's say you sold Salah for a bill. Uh, by the way, it's completely okay to sell Salah. I think mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention this from a game gameplay standpoint, where a lot of people, uh, and that's one of my uh, myths with uh, FPL actually, where a lot of people are so scared to sell these big assets. Let's say you sell him. Let's say Salah scores a hat trick. You can buy him back. FPL allows you to get the player back next week as long as you're admitting it was a mistake and okay you experimented and you want to get him back people should not forget that because there is so much fear when it comes to selling these big assets and people forget that okay you can buy it back in one game week as well you know so you shouldn't have so much fear when it comes to selling these big assets sorry i went on a little tangent there but i just wanted to mention that because it pisses me off why people are so scared to sell assets if there's and if they're convinced about the thinking behind making such a move right but in that case you probably need to retain us the same structure and not spread the cash around the problem happens yeah. is when you move that cash around to your defense goalkeeper and stuff like that in sticky positions agree agree yeah more more on the spurs triple up i i still think it's it's a bit overkill because um i know their stats over the past three are great but it's important to note that spurs historically this season have been much better as an attacking force at home and um Uh, and, and two of the three fixtures included in the sample size are uh, were against Burnley and Crystal wow. Palace, who were, uh, you know, um, two of the most obliging defenses away from home. So I I won't read too much into this at the moment. I still think uh, having two is is enough. Uh, I I still think um, you know tripling up is a bit overkill. I think this was the time to do it before the Palace game, and now uh, that that match hasn't you know it's it's gone. It's the sa- the boat has sailed in my opinion. Yeah. I don't expect the the next uh, two games against Arsenal and Villa to be as high scoring as their games against Burnley or Palace, uh, for that matter. Who would you rather have at ten million bucker? I want to ask you that question. I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, I'm keeping Salah and not, you know, getting bail. So yeah, I understand. But if somebody has an option on wildcard, let's say I get, I get it. I mean, there's a lot of again stigma associated with going for two or three attackers. So if it's an attack in form, even if it's a short term move, I see you know, no reason. I mean, okay, if, if if someone's on wildcard, I'm assuming that they're likely to have three big hitters, right? So I'd still prefer Kane, Salah, Bruno. Let me put it that way. Interesting. I'd go. I, I'd definitely go triple Spurs because of the extra game, I mean, and then move them out into the people on form. Should should it really influence your thinking whether you own the other two? We've talked about basket wasting so many times. Exactly on the pod, exactly. right? I mean, if he's a good option, he's a good option, irrespective of whether you own the other guys or not. Yeah, exactly. So many it's, times. It's just that you... I don't expect Spurs to to go big in the next two fixtures. I I don't see those games to be high scoring. Do, do they need to go big? City can score. Five goals in a game. 
and you will have jesus scoring one goal you will have foden scoring one goal you will have bilva scoring one goal you will have gundogan scoring one goal and you will have john stone scoring one goal from the header when it comes to spurs though it's going to be these three that are going to be involved that's that's a thing worth mentioning where even if they're not going big the goal involvement rate and you can put your money on that that these three are going to be involved yeah, that's that's fair that's fair fair enough all right mm, right now let's just have a look at the stats individually for the players how they performed over the last two game weeks and this is something you had mentioned earlier bucker kane is far away on top for shots in the box with yeah. seven and for big chances and for shots on target but this is what really drew my attention shots in the 6 yard box bale has had three over three matches now that's those are the chances like you know where the players the highest likelihood to score and you see sun has had like what sun has had zero and if i'm not mistaken zof i think all three of those were goals I, I think so. Probably, yeah, I don't yeah. remember him missing a big yeah, chance. Yeah, twice against uh, Palace. Twice, twice, but I think the Burnley goal wasn't like from the six-yard box, right? The one. No, no the first finished. one. The first one that Son assisted to Bale. That was. Yeah, that right was, but the... not the one which he finished into the left corner. That wasn't. Yeah, but all the three shots inside the box were goals, right? Uh, sorry, shots inside the six-yard box. How many goals did he score? Four. Yeah. 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 Then, then you're right. Yeah, yeah. So you still guys think I should get Son over Bale after looking at these numbers? I'll let, I'll re, I'll give you my answer after the Europa League lineup. Fair enough. That's a good point. That's a that's a great point. If if Bale plays twenty minutes and if Son plays seventy, I go I go Bale. I think so because Son will play regardless, right? Son is a workhorse. Yeah, Son will play regardless. Son, but if he's but managing if, managing Bale there, then I then I think you can definitely lump on for the Arsenal game. All right. Fair enough. Bakker, what do you reckon? I I still think I prefer Son. Fair enough. Just for enough. the fact that he's going to play, um, you know, for. For the majority of the game, and um, that's just a. I think it's very close, but that's just the deciding factor for me. No, I I do get where you're coming from because Sun is such a good player. The team is scoring goals. You know, somehow or the other, he is going to be involved in it. Agreed, agreed. I was actually talking to Baker, who 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 does a pod as well, and he's a Spurs fan, and he he told me that don't expect Bale to play more than sixty sixty five minutes in the league. But statistically speaking, if Spurs are, it also depends on game management. Right and what the state of the game is at the time. If if Spurs are drawing or not winning at the point, Bale is going to play for fifteen twenty minutes more. Mourinho is going to try pulling him a little further. And if Spurs are winning comfortably, don't expect Spurs to attack incessantly. They're going to drop off. They're, Mourinho is going to sit back and protect the league. So also in terms of game management, this is a factor worth considering as well. We saw it in the Fulham game. Yeah, the last thirty exactly. forty minutes really commitment forward. So something worth mentioning also in terms of expected goal involvement. There's not much of a difference between Bale and Son. It's two point three one versus two point two. So it's not necessarily like you definitely shouldn't make a sideways switch if what you're considering. Yeah. But Kane is head and shoulders above in terms yeah. of numbers. Your assist, mm-hmm. xG, non penalty, goal involvement. Kane is probably the must have heavy hitter right now in the game. And he's fir- the best big hitter in the game at the moment. His I first understand. goal, I think, against who was it? Uh, the the game week twenty seven the first goal against Palace was a thing of beauty, the curve into the mm-hmm. corner just shows that he's in another level of confidence he's back to fitness, and you need Harry Kane. Another and, uh, point I'd like to make on Son which we haven't discussed yet is that now that he's creating so many chances he's he's doing much better for uh, for bonus as well so whenever he's he's likely to you know uh, get a couple of assists or maybe even one assist he can come out of the game with with bonus which is which I think is very underrated. And um, the fact that he's going to get um, the majority of the minutes uh, and bonus potential is is something which, in my opinion, swings it in his favor. Also, Kane's now in a golden boot race, so he's going to go for it. How many has he got now? 
He's just one behind. Seventeen, uh, I think. Seventeen. So he's not far off Salah then. One behind Salah. So Salah's Salah's on eighteen, and Bruno and Kane are on seventeen, I think. So these three are in the Golden Boot race as well, and it's going to play on all three of their minds. They're the kind of players who uh, pay attention to this kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely, Kane more so than anybody else. Yeah, I Kane is on sixteen, yeah. Salah's on seventeen. There yeah. you go. Bruno's on sixteen as well. Exactly. So all three guys are guys who you expect to pay attention to those. And numbers. that's something you pay pay attention to, right? Like when you talk about factors that you look for in yeah. the end of the season run, the Golden Boot race, the relegation race, the teams that have nothing to play for and the teams are motivated to play for something. And Spurs are right now ticking a lot of boxes. Kane is ticking the most boxes. So yeah. Yeah, remember that season where I think he got seven goals in the last two games. Crazy, absolutely crazy. That was unreal. All right. Let's move on. Let's move Reggie, on now to Arsenal. Did you, just before, one second. Reggie, a good pick, 5.5 million. He's doing a fair bit in attack. Just thought we should address that, that's all. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. And I think he's very unique in terms of what he provides because I think one of you guys had mentioned he allows Sun to go inside and he maintains the width on that side. And I think Davies actually might be preferred in the Europa League going forward. So I think he's probably set it up now by benching Reggie on against uh, Fulham. Yeah, so I think the best piece of advice that we can give our listeners who are no doubt going to bring in a West Ham or a Arsenal or a Leeds or a Spurs player in this week is wait for the lineups on Thursday night and then make your yeah. moves. That's it. Let's see who's going to be rested. Then you can understand. You can try getting an insight into the manager's head and then make your moves accordingly. Right. Let's have a look now at Arsenal. Arsenal have actually been posting decent attacking numbers. Over the last few weeks, for minutes per big chance over the last two game weeks, they're ranked third at 32.3. Minutes per XG, they're actually top. I guess that's because of the penalty and stuff. But their attack is clicking. They have an XG non-penalty of 4.12 over the last two matches. Yeah. And uh, Oba, if Oba is going to continue playing up front, he's a really, really good pick. He's the pick we thought he would be game week one when he was all the rage for that two game week period. But, you know... I am still not there when it comes to Oba and his prices. Underlines have been absolutely great. So I want to watch him for one more game. And there's still that doubt where, uh, you know, Spurs are in the race for the top four. I, I don't think Arsenal are quite there yet. And I think Arteta is going to clearly prioritize the Europa League, and which might see the odd rest or benching for Oba and Saka. And that's why if I if I was to go for an Arsenal attacker, I'd go for the 5.2 million asset who's playing in the front three right. rather than the 11.2 million. And, and there's not much difference in terms of their numbers also, right? If you look at, yeah, now in terms of XG non-penalty, Saka is at 0.85, Oba is 0.85 also. So it's identical. And in terms of expected goal involvement, Saka is actually ahead of Oba. So what do you reckon? Yeah, I completely agree with with both of you that uh, Saka's stats are as good as Oba's and I, I think both of them are great options and I've noticed the, the improvement in, in Arsenal's uh, attacking numbers of late. So, yeah, I think both of them are, are great options. How, how are the yeah. numbers defensively, Bakar? Is Tierney a shout? Uh, defensively, they're okay. They're uh, they're not bad. But but then again, I, I, I don't think... Uh, They'll they'll be keeping keeping too many clean sheets. When I look at the next three fixtures: Spurs, West Ham, Liverpool. I don't expect a clean sheet in either of those. That's the problem. Who is even nailed on? I think he he chops and changes around that back four a lot, right? Even in Serie exactly. Tierney was injured. No, uh, but, but again, the Europa League problem comes up again, right? He's not going to play Tierney three games a week because Tierney is quite fragile. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Tierney did create a big chance this week, but um, but then again. 
I'm not sure he's worth investing in. Mm-hmm. The fixtures I don't think look good for uh, from a defensive point of view. Leno's fixtures only for the next two. I mean, no. If you're that, a 31 wild card, I think there are there are teams a lot of people are looking at. Right from 31, mm-hmm. they have probably one of the best fixture runs. Again, I'll quickly read it out for the benefit of the listeners. This is why we're having this conversation about Arsenal as well. Because if you're bringing them in right now, they're in for the long haul. Which is why I don't think Saka's a bad pick at all. Because 31 onwards, it's Sheffield, Fulham, Everton, Newcastle, West Brom, Chelsea, Palace, Brighton. It's one of the best runs any team can have. So, double up on Arsenal, attack plus defense. Which is why I was asking the Tierney question. Absolutely. Could be a great uh, big hitting differential if Oba clicks for that run in. He's got the fixtures. Sure. I, I just don't know about game week twenty nine, right? I'm thinking I'd possibly bring in Oba versus West Ham, but I don't feel confident. Yeah, wait and watch. One more week of data is a lot of data, so wait and watch. Because he has to start the Europa League games, right? Both of them. For sure, yeah. I think he will, and he's going to start the North uh, London derby, derby as well. Also, so that yeah. West Ham game is the one I'm slightly worried about. And yeah. I think the same applies for Saka as well. I think Saka is going to start all these games as well. He's clearly first choice, right? Clearly first choice. That's why I'm a bit surprised he went so strong at Burnley, right? Because he knows he's going to play these guys again in the Europa League and against our Spurs. He went very strong. Yeah, but they Burnley. just got their rest one game before that. I know, think so. they had no midweek game also, no? Yeah, that's yeah, what so it is. They were fresh, so about rhythm also at some. Speaking level. of, let's talk about that game against Burnley. How many chances they had, and they couldn't so put the ball in the back game. of it. It's amazing to see Burnley games be so open, right? Even against Spurs, mm. against Arsenal, we normally expect them to concede a lot of shots. But these are normally these rubbish attempts from outside the box, and they aren't exactly safe, in my opinion, at the moment. They're, they're definitely not. Yeah. Right. Anything to yeah. add, boys? Before we move on to move. fixtures and move captains. On. Move on. Move on. All right. Let's instead of going fixture wise, let's talk about captaincy this week because I think captaincy is a bit tricky this week. Now, Elad, you don't have. Bruno, I think Bruno is the obvious choice. I think Bakker and me—that's who we are probably going for. Who are you looking at? I I don't think I mean West Ham are a well drilled no. defense. defense. I agree. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm waiting for it. Uh, any indications? At the moment, I'm on Harry Kane because just of the form that that guy has. Everything he's touching is turning into gold, and there's a sense of confidence that you get when you're captaining Harry Kane at the moment. Uh, I'm selling, likely selling Sterling and Barnes this week, and I'm getting in one. Spurs asset maybe two, and if I don't get in two Spurs asset, I'm getting a Chelsea player. If I get a Chelsea player, I'm probably giving him the armband against Leeds United. So that's where I am at the moment. If not, it's on Kane strongly and confidently. Yeah, against. If which uh, Chelsea player are you considering uh, later, Isaac? Kai. Kai. Mount. I think if Kai you, for, for captaincy, captaincy, for captaincy, it has to be Kai. Yeah. I don't think any of the other guys would yeah. really work. Under one, his ownership is. Very very low. It's a great differential for those chasing. You think he plays the Leeds game? It's off. Yeah, we don't have a midweek game. Our Champions League game is the week after. Yeah, but so do you think? I mean, I'm very positive. He... I'm very confident he will. Because okay. I think it was his best performance in the Chelsea shirt yesterday by far, yeah. and his body language in his post-match interviews also, like you know, it's sort of feeling that now I have arrived. And he's thing. he's a good finisher. Uh, you were telling me about that earlier as well. Historically, he's. A really good finisher as well, Havertz. Absolutely, he has a very high conversion rate, and he's not a volume shooter like we talk about as a Salah, right? Usually, if he shoots, he scores. He had a very high conversion rate in the Bundesliga last year. Go for it or not, Zoff. A few questions coming in as well. Go for Kai or not? It depends on your game week twenty nine strategy. If you can afford to carry him. If, if you can afford to carry him. 
I think he's a potentially a good explosive differential. Because right, cool. a lot of people were asking that question. And well, what price is he right now? Eight odd. Eight point two. Right. If you were to go for a Chelsea attacker, let's say that against Leeds, Sky would be the one that you would. Let's just say it wouldn't be Timo. Please don't look at Timo anymore. Let Timo be. Let Timo come All back. Right. <laughs> so. Okay. So Kai would be number one. <laughs> yeah. Mount number two. Yes. Yes. All right. Cool. Cool. So and let's talk about any other alternative captaincy options. Would you go with Mo Salah? Op- yeah, I was gonna say he he is an underrated option this week. I I won't lie. I am considering him. I. I don't oh, know what Parker, I'm you're not him. going to do that. Let's be, are we going to have this again this weekend? You're not going to captain Salah. Don't talk. I, about I am that. considering him. I'm don't not talk sure. About I, 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 like, truth be told, like obviously Bruno is the is the safer option, uh, and obviously I, 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 I like I, I, I like, like you to go with him. But yes, I am considering Salah as well because. Uh, I don't know. I just feel as if this is the week where he's going to bounce back. I like how you pretend to be this maverick when you're just as dullard as me. Just embrace the dullardness. No, no. Bakar is an underlying statistics guy and Bruno's got zero shots in open play in the last two games. So, he's probably just going with an underlying stats. Right, he's, just, he's just talking out of his ass. <laughs> Let, let's see. Let's see. I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I do think that Salah is, is a legit shot for captaincy this week. I'm not and, denying uh, that he isn't. I'm just denying that you won't go for it. That's another thing, but like uh, now we're we're talking in general. So I mean, um, <laughs> no, general. I, let's I, not. I, this is not. We're not discussing my team at the no, moment. So no, like, no. okay, we will do it. <laughs> let's see your team once we get. So to if, if if uh, Mo braces in the Champions League game, do you shift the Aband to Mo? No, no. no? I I on, like. On, on the, yeah, ahead. sure. I, I like Bruno against West Ham. Okay. And your thoughts on Kane as an armband shot? I think possibly the second best shot. I think he's he's an absolute like you know top cat at the moment in that team, so I'm I'm definitely feeling it. I think he's going to be purring in that derby. Absolutely. Yeah. On that note, uh, Zoff, you were calling me a dullard, but um, I'm actually considering, and I think I'm most certainly going to go with this route. I'm actually considering uh, free hitting in game week 29, and I'm tripling up on Brighton defense. So, what do you want to? Call me then. I mean, bro, you're tripling up against Steve Bruce's Newcastle. You're not like, you're not exactly, you're not exactly. I'm hardly going to have one Brighton defender. I'm tripling up. You're you're not exactly skydiving off the Eiffel Tower. You're jumping from the first floor and say, look at me, I'm evil can evil. (laughs) What bullshit. Uh, I like the shout. I like the shout. To be regretting that decision. But I think I'm fairly sad in uh, free hit 29 in my team. How many do you have, doctor? I, th- I, I have five at the moment uh, yeah. with two free transfers. Let's, but let's I, talk I about that. Let's talk about it once we get to your team, Bakas. So once we sure, have sure, a better sure, idea sure, of it. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. We can address the free head issue uh, then yeah. as well. Once we get yeah. to your team. So anything else sure. to add in terms of fixtures? Anything particular fixtures you like here in particular for clean sheets or for attacking potential? No, I think nothing worth discussing. I mean, the North, how, how do you guys see the North London derby going? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I see Spurs winning it. I think they've got too much swag in the play at the moment. And I, I don't know if Arsenal are still there mentally. I think Mourinho is also the kind of manager who... One major advantage that Spurs have this week is that they are playing the Europa League tie at home. Arsenal are playing the Europa League tie away. So that, that definitely, I've noticed, that has a big effect on teams when they're playing away or home in this current environment, right? Because the travelling and all that stuff is quite stressful. There's a lot of procedures, etc. involved. So that's a big advantage that Spurs have. I'd like to so, talk about two fixtures here in particular. Uh, Man United West Ham, uh, 
how do you guys see that going? I think it's going to be a tight, tight game. Probably two one to United. I, I do think West Ham are probably going to score. Two one, two one is what yeah. I would say. See, now there are two Man United teams, so it depends on which one shows up. Which one shows I've, I've said it all season. See, the thing is, this still counts as a big game, right? Because your guys yeah. are similar position on the table, so you might step up. Are you guys playing or benching Shaw? Playing, playing. playing. Absolutely. Shaw is a winger. Just yeah, I've realized I'm not benching Shaw again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his, his his number is incredible and he's in. I want to actually talk about Fulham City. I, I won't be surprised to see Fulham pulling off a draw in this game. I think City is going to be low scoring in my two 0 I think probably. I think City have got their I've got their kick up the ass which they needed. Like you know, they were getting a little bit complacent. I think they've got what we call in India GPL. Yeah, because even West Ham they were they were almost almost not going to win that game. You know, against the Hammers as well. So, and and Fulham, I think Fulham will be up for it. That pitch also is something that City might not be used to. I won't be surprised to see Fulham pulling off a draw. I think I think they'd be very happy to take a nil nil. Agreed. How, how do you guys see Bamfinia doing against Chelsea? Nothing. Same. I, I don't think because we are very set up. We are set up very well to stop transitions. In terms of yeah. blunting counter attacks, our team is set up very well with the holding midfielders, the defenders, and all that stuff. And if it was maybe at our ground, I would be a bit more confident in lead scoring. That lead pitch is atrocious. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's actually one of my uh, problems with captaining a Chelsea player also because you don't know how players are going to respond to that bloody pitch because people are slipping all over the place. Just wanted to mention that mm. as well. Uh, if if you had to play one of Bamford or Rafinha, which might be the situation for me this week, who would you play? Rafinha for sure. I, I'm leaning Rafinha as well. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. Rafinha looked like he has a lot more avenues to points because I was I only owned Rafinha for the second time and I think against West Ham, so I was watching him closely. He has a lot more potential in terms of where he can deliver. Yeah. Every game he comes out of that game not getting anything and looks like he could have had two or three returns in that game. Yeah, yeah more than that, uh, Lady Riser. Um, oh, in the past four matches, Rafinha has had six big chance involvements uh, compared to ba- uh, Bamford's three. So uh, Rafinha is far more involved. Mm. Right. right. Now let's have a look, skip ahead to our teams. LR, you're up first. Right, just for the benefit of our listeners, I'll quickly read out my team. I've got Martinez as keeper. Uh, I've got Cancelo, Rudiger, Maitland-Niles and Luke Shaw in defence. I've got Salah, Sterling, Gundogan and Rafinha. And up front, I have Antonio and Kane. Uh, I still have Barnes. So the move that I'm looking to make is selling Sterling and Barnes for one Spurs midfielder and maybe the other one. Or if I'm not getting the other one, like I mentioned, I might just get a Chelsea attacker. So that's where I am. At the moment, let's see, I'm, I'm, I'm far from deciding on my transfers because I'm going to wait and watch the Champions League games. I'm going to wait and watch the Europa League games and then decide. Kane's my captain at the moment, as already mentioned. Yep, that makes sense. Right, Bakano, let's okay. talk about your free hit. What you've got hmm. planned. You can read out your team first and then we can talk yeah. about that. Um, so, as of now, for this week, I have uh, Martinez in goal, Cancelo, Diaz, Rudiger, Shaw. I'm playing four at the back. Uh, then I have Gundogan, Salah, Fernandez, Son, Cavalluan, and Watkins. Um, on my bench, I have Bamfinia, uh, Quebec, and Ariola. And I have two free transfers um, in the bank with uh, two million. Uh, two free transfers and two million in the bank. So I'm as of now because I uh, plan on free hitting in 29. Um, the the reasoning I have behind the free hit is is the fact that at, at the moment I have five players uh, for game week 29. I can use my two free transfers to bring in two additional players uh, for 29. 
um and maybe take a hit next week that would give me 9 for game week 29 but i i think i'm in a better position to set myself up for game week 30 and beyond and and just make a team for a game week 29 via the free hit um i think a point which is very underrated is is the fact that a lot of managers are taking hits even in the preceding weeks um prior to game week 29 and those points are going to add up um and they're going to have like seven to eight or maybe nine players heading into game week 29 and i don't think i can match that given the position my team is in i think i'm better off personally free hitting in 29 and i think i can what the plan is that i can um you know load up on a few differentials like the brighton defense even though i know they aren't as reliable as um as their numbers look on paper but i i think uh if i load up on the safe players like bamford rafinha um obamayang kane son um I think I can make up at least 10 plus points even if I assume that Brighton are going to concede and if they bang then then so do I and I'm going to have a big advantage on the free hit so the, the problem which is putting me off free hitting in game week 33 is that I look at my team I look at the fact that I will have Martinez against Villa I look at the fact that I will have Salah against Newcastle I am likely to have Watkins against West Brom uh Chelsea have West Ham and I have Rudiger and I'm likely to bring in more Chelsea players so I don't really feel the necessity um to invest in a free hit for 33 because there's every chance that my um my current team ends up outscoring my free hit team in 33 so I don't want to go through the risk I I realize the upside is big but I I think the downside is as massive so um I just think that I can uh take away that chance factor and give myself a big you know a more certain chance of making my free hit more beneficial in game week 29 right bakar is is there a plan to get uh, kane in 30 i'm going to ask the same thing at the moment i the only route i have to kane is is to sell sala and i'm i'm not willing to do that so i'm not going to buy kane this week i think i'm going to go without my my plan is if i uh, continue with the free hit strategy my plan is to bring in aspi for Uh, Aspi or Cody for uh, uh, for Quebec because that's going to set me up for the long long term, and maybe use one more transfer to make my team better for game week thirty and beyond. Um, but other than that, I I don't think I'll be buying a Spurs player this week. So when will you be banking? You'll be obviously banking for game week thirty when he plays Newcastle. It depends on it depends on how Sala and Bruno do this week because they're they're the only uh, way I'm gonna fund Kane in for Son. 30. Sorry, Son. Son is a way to fund Kane as well. If you're not committing yeah. on selling Sala or Bruno, Son is also yeah. a way. Yeah, that's that's doable as well. That's doable. And I have free two free transfers, so I can do that. What how would you cash? do if you, if you were in my position? How how much cash do you have? Two million. In your position, I would bring in Kane. This week, and I would probably sell Salah. You would sell Salah. I would sell Salah because that's what I mentioned in my article, right? The one player you would probably prioritize over Salah this week is Harry Kane. Because I'm telling you, Kane can get a brace against Arsenal. It's not out of the question. The form he is in right now, it's not impossible that he gets two, three goals against any team. So what he can easily do, you know, you've got five already, right? You can bring in Kane plus let's say one more player for next week, whoever it might be. Then maybe even a defender, right? You can sort out Kabak for somebody like maybe not a Dallas, but 
somebody who has a decent fixture next week. Maybe Cody and Aspi are, are, are or, the ones or, I have in mind. Or you can even look at Cresswell. I think if you have money over there, you can even look yeah. at Cresswell, take a negative four or whatever. So I think you can get eight to nine players. And see, the thing is, right, these are players who are good in game week 30 also. And how, how? What are your thoughts on um, uh, Son and, and uh, Watkins or Calvert-Lewin to uh, Kane and Neto? Because I'm I'm looking at Neto and I like his fixtures. I that's don't, the commitment you make if you're not uh, free hitting in 29. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Because I'll, I'll probably make the decision not to free hit in 29. I'm pretty pretty sure about that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I I'm do free hit in 29. I'm in the same position as you. I have five at the moment, and I'm, I have one free transfer. I'm looking to take a hit, and I might not necessarily get two players who play in 29 as well. I I don't see those fixtures except I like the shout that you are playing. That is the Brighton triple up in defense. I like that as a shout but outside of that i think i've got the good players covered so i'm not too worried about 29 right because yeah that that because that, it just feels like a very defensive free hit to me in 29 right? yeah, his 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 bucker's problem is that he's uh, he's got faith in bruno and salah at the moment and he doesn't have a nice route route to harry kane at the moment that's where he's stuck at the moment and he doesn't know where to commit because i was i was thinking i was it's, thinking it's of bucker if you do because you've got enough in defense if you do Cancelo to a 3.9 basement price defender, does that buy you enough to upgrade one of your forwards to Kane? 2 million, nah. No. Kane is nope. 11. Will not. Like that's, that's the route I would personally do. You know where you, don't, you, you played your BB. You need to trim the squad now. So just find yeah. cash from... No, but I, I don't think I can afford that. Well, it's mm. certainly tricky. It's certainly, certainly tricky. Because it's, also it's you have to thinking. keep in mind after the free hit, you're going to have only one transfer. So if you want to, let's say, bring in Kane in game week 30 against Newcastle, who probably will be the most captain, you're going to have to take a hit there. So she, if you already... So I don't know. I'm not as... I wouldn't be as confident about the feed. I understand the uh, point you're making, but I think it's a 50-50 case both ways. Also, Bakar, can't rule out what 36 and 37 is going to throw at you. That's Might be a much higher upside free hit in that game week compared to what you're uh, going to play. With the fixture reshuffle, right? Because there are two things yeah. that could happen there, right? We saw there's a limitation in the game in terms of adding game weeks or whatever. So they could potentially switch the deadlines, in which case you'd have a small double with the teams who have the fixtures postponed because of the FA Cup final. But if the entire weekend is postponed, you could have a blank 36 for everyone and a double game week 37 for everyone. Which is unlikely, yeah, but this it is, is this possible. Is the, this, is, this is the one thing I'm wary about. and I don't know. Whether what are the chances of this this uh, happening are, but but if that is the case, then then yeah, I I completely agree with you. Then the free hit might be worth saving. Also, I I still don't think it's. Uh, have you have you read up on what the chances of this this happening are of having a blank follow or double straight away? I don't know about that, but from what I have read up, they are very desperate to get fans in for the last two game weeks of the season. So the likelihood of a shuffle happening is very high. All right. Now, and mm-hmm. they, so the the and that will definitely have some impact on a double because what's going to happen is there's going to be a conflict with the FA Cup final. So some teams, whichever teams who are in the FA Cup final and their opponents, they'll have the double in 35 in that case. So either way, if the shuffle happens, there will be an additional double. The size of the double is what is to be determined. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, think over it. Don't don't. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll think about this. I, I, I would have even sold uh, Bruno if you're so convinced about Salah. And I get the temptation that you have. I, I don't think Bruno's yeah. shown a lot as a United fan. Very genuinely so. And I don't think West Ham is an easy game. So, Bakar, do you remember this conversation we had five, six years ago when I was torn with the final game week of the season whether I should buy Diego Costa or Harry Kane? 
Yeah. Do you remember how yeah. that conversation went? What yeah, did you say? I, I, I recommended Kane, I think, right? You said that Kane is by far the most explosive and dangerous asset in the game and has yeah. to be prioritized over everybody else. And now, he got six, years points. Line, you're, he, six years down the line, you're uh, throwing that piece of advice right back at me. I know. <laughs> so, at the game, Kane got 31, Diego got 5. Yeah. He, he prioritized the goal, prioritizes the golden boot. That's it. On his mind, 100%. Yeah, yeah. thank God Vertonghen isn't still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so my, right. Team, my team real quick, Martinez. I think that's the... Uh, deepest discussion we've had about a player and team and I, I, I liked it because we brought up a lot of other factors. Right, because a lot of people will be in a similar situation. Situation right? at the moment, yeah. Right, so I'll just go through my team real quick. Martinez, Diaz, Cancelo, Shaw, Rudiger, midfield, Sun, Salah, Bruno, Gundo, DCL, Kane, and on the bench, Rafinha, White, and Brewster. So this is what I mean, Bakar. I can understand what you're saying because I have almost the identical level to you. I just have right now the Kane in place of Watkins. Yeah. So I can understand your thought process. I, in fact, have, I think, fewer players than you going into that week. And I have one, two, three. I have, like, what, four, I think. No, four or five. I'm not to five, including White. So What's the potential moves of? So this week, I'm saving. Okay, nice. Yeah, you've got a good team. I see this no week, I'm saving. I'll probably bring in three players next week. Nice. Get like to it. eight. Right. Like it. Right. More information as well. Right. So before we jump into the Q&A bucket... Have you noticed the cat puns on today's podcast? Sorry in advance, but <laughs> <laughs> there might there might have been a little bit of zoom dodging happening there. There's an option of leave meeting written right next to the um, uh, screen, and I'm very tempted to actually <laughs> click on it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> All right, uh, let's like, move on to the Q&A. The Q&A. Sorry, sorry, Bakar, it's all in good spirit. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we're going to get such a beating on Twitter and as of you have no idea. It was his idea, by the way. I just want to say oh, that. Way, to, way to throw me under the bus. <laughs> way to throw me under the bus. Oh. All right. All right. Uh, questions. Uh, first question is from Dan Parsons, FPL. I have Bakar's face in front of me and I can barely read the questions. <laughs> When does buying players in form become points chasing? So, I it's a tough differentiation, right? I think it comes down to two things and underlying numbers. If the underlying numbers are still promising, you don't see someone overperforming, like scoring four goals with four shots on target. That's one. And there's a second one. This is rule that AK, a friend of ours, he's always told me, and I appreciated. If a player hadn't braced the last game, would you still want him? If he hadn't got that one all. Would you still want him in your team? That's a great, great yeah. one. Nice one. It's a nice way of looking into it. And, if, and the yeah. third one is, if he has a bad game, do you expect him to lose his spot in this team the game after? Some, yes. I need I to know these down. These are nice rules that you have. Right. Next question is from Arj Naik. It's for you, Bakar. I still have my wildcard chip to play. Which gimmick do you think is the best time to do it? I, I'm assuming that um, it, it, this is team specific, but like assuming that he has most of the players that you know the template has, I, I'd assume Gimmick 31, some somewhere around that point, would be the best time to use it, given mm-hmm. the fixture swings. Uh, okay, next question. We discussed Chelsea at length, so I don't want to talk about that. Uh, Russ FPL is asking us about some lowly owned uh, players that we like for the post Gimmick 30 run. 
Arsenal guys, we spoke about Chelsea guys, we spoke about Wolves, Saka, Wolves. Lingard still, I think he's great for the run in at his yeah, price. Saka, Cody, Neto, so good shot. Neto, good Neto, shot. Yeah. Havertz. Uh, yeah, for me, Chelsea number one. I think they're going to be great for the run in. I like that shot personally. And Saka for sure. Anybody else? Is, do we have the fixture? Southampton have Burnley, West from Crystal Palace between 13 and 32, by the way. The top five teams, Liverpool, we've spoken about. Wolves, uh, Jota. Jota, worth mentioning Jota as well. He's not very highly owned. He could be a great player. I think, owned, I think yeah. any team that goes out of Europe also you have to monitor because they're going to get a lot more rest period. So the next two weeks might determine also where the options open up. All right. Next question uh, is from uh, Bleed Blue. What are some good strategies to approach the end of the season run in? Or things to keep in mind when you're looking at the end of the season run-in. So we already spoke about this. I think uh, people looking at the golden boot is important. It's always a factor. People in the relegation race, you need to pay a lot more closer attention to them because they're playing for their lives. Teams between 7th to 14th, 15th, generally ignore because they have nothing to play for. Uh, And uh, yeah, people in the European race are worth monitoring as well. Anything else that you guys want to keep in mind for the end of the season run-in? I mean, this is your forte, right? So you should probably enlighten us. These three things. Also, I I, I feel like uh, uh, when there are fewer and fewer game weeks left, let's say, you know, there are five game weeks to go, four game weeks to go, you're not going to hold the player that you have for a really, really long time. So it's the time to take some calculated gambles as well, you know, while you're making that final push for the run as well. So be a little more risk-friendly. Closer and closer you get to game week 38. Just one. Right. And it's not always game. motivation also, right? I remember that one season you captain Giroud at the yeah. end. And I don't think they had anything to play for. And mm-hmm. that's when you want Arsenal assets, when they don't have any pressure on them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, yep. uh, I think what will also change is in terms of defences uh, that are good to play against. Because suddenly you realise that some teams are just not in it at the moment and are good teams to play against. Uh uh, one question, the final one for the day. Actually, a couple more. Uh, this one is from Chaitanya Kulkarni. Best mid-price range option to target? He already owns Gundo. Now, I wanted to add this because there's a lot of options in play. There's Lingard, Mount, Saka, uh, Rafinha, etc. Et who, who you guys rate have a top two assets in this price range? Six to seven. Rafinha, in my opinion. Um, and then probably Mount, I think. Rafinha and Mount. Right. I, I guess that again, everything depends now on your Game Week 29 strategy, right? If you want players with a fixture in 29, probably you would say Lingard and Rafinha. If that is not really relevant, I would probably say Neto and Mount. And, it's, and Saka also, as, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Cool. Uh, last question for the day. This is from FPL Kanak. It's a really good question. Is it me or are we seeing a lot more dull, grinding, low-scoring affairs? And as a result, far more clean sheets now. We are seeing a lot more clean sheets. Exhaustion, COVID and the brutal schedule as factor. Should we be considering deck at the back with 4-4-2, 4-5-1, 5-4-1 formations to exploit for this run-in? I don't see a problem at the moment. If yeah. you're uh, doubling, tripling on the correct defences, two Chelsea, etc. Playing that game, I don't mind going with four defenders at the moment. I would just okay. say, say keep that in mind. If you're going for that strategy, then the, one of those four defenders shouldn't be someone like Rudiger, in my opinion. They should be guys who have potential at both ends of the pitch. That's when I think that back four makes sense. I mean, he's really people like Shaw, I guess. Shaw is um, good, but like I see, my, but see the thing is, right? If you're going for a back four, someone like Alonso is more easy to accommodate because you might can have an attacker sub on for him. 
if you're playing Alonso in a back three, then most likely your sub is always going to be a defender. You can always mm. have somebody like a Saka to sub on for an Alonso or something like that, right? Just while we're conversing, it's a legit strategy because there are so many good 5 million sub assets to have in play. I mean, Diana is somebody we spoke about up front, Saka, Rafinha. These are not expensive players who you can happily play around in a squad rotation. So I like the strategy quite a bit. Absolutely. I'm so glad that I, I haven't heard the word Suchek in a while. It makes me feel very uh, happy. <laughs> Good uh, shout for the runner, you reckon? Pictures are decent. For I, I just think Lingard is a superior yeah. option now. Yeah. They, they've changed a little bit in their terms of style also, which they're playing. I think since Lingard has joined, I don't see Suchek getting into the box as much from open play. Yeah, his, his numbers have dropped massively as well. Cresswell is in such an underrated asset for this runner. Right Absolutely now. top. All right, that's it from us for this week. We hope you enjoyed. It. I really thought it was one of our better episodes. Well, I enjoyed. I, I, I had a lot of fun, and I think Bakar, you'll enjoy it after once you see the end result. <laughs> no, but even then, I thought, I thought, the, I thought the discussion. Was I'm, great. I'm surprised you did catch it. Honestly, <laughs> he had, he had no sniff. I just want to say that. Not a sniff. It but was yeah, absolutely if, if, perfect. Yeah. Very rich, Steve. All right, guys, if you liked it, if you like the entertainment that we offer, if you like our inputs, etc., please don't forget to like, subscribe. You guys have stopped subscribing since a while, so make sure you hit that like and subscribe button right now. We've also started a Patreon, as Bakar mentioned. The links are in the details if you want to support us. And uh, yeah, uh, exciting prize to win next week as well. If you win the Manager of the Week in the next game week, you win a shout-out from Manthi Dangar, so that's definitely worth paying for. Have uh, we spoken about it. the league, FPLY league? Yes, yes. Already spoken about All right, that. perfect. All right, done. That's it from me. Uh, any last words, boys? Nothing much. Thank Good you. luck for the game week, everyone. I might come into the top million for the first time next season, next week. So I'm really, fingers really excited crossed. about that. I'm hoping that happens. That's Kundo awesome. will destroy me. Sterling will take me there. So just fingers crossed. Fingers crossed on that. All note. right. See you guys. Bye-bye. Cheers. Yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network.